This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello and welcome to Self Work. Today we have a great conversation with Jen Trepek, who is a food guru. She's described as a force of nature in the wellness space. She's an optimal health coach, podcaster, and a business consultant. After graduating from the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, Jen founded Better Life Now, LLC, while working, believe it or not, full-time in hedge funds. After over a decade of coaching clients, Jen started her podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries. I love that name. To help pay it forward and reach a larger audience. To teach the nutrition education we are all supposed to know, but no one has ever taught us. I found her really interesting and really extremely well-versed in what our relationship with food needs to be. And she says, dieting is a merry-go-round, minus the fun. Whether this describes you or someone you care for, it's a real issue for too many of us today. Yo-yo dieting reveals a terrible reality. Most Americans are alarmingly misinformed about what to eat, when to eat, and how to get healthy. So today, we're going to be talking with Jen Trepek, and I welcome her to self work Before that, however, let's hear from BioOptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough. Hey guys, I want to share with you that recently I've been working on some very important projects that have very short deadlines as always, right? Seems everything today is ASAP. Anyway, I have not been able to keep up with all of my self-care routine. I certainly haven't had breaks to have proper meals and I'm drinking way too much iced tea. I was starting to get really stressed out when I remembered that the magnesium breakthrough I take every night is also a great support for stress management. I'd kind of forgotten that. In fact, magnesium is responsible for over 300 body reactions, and magnesium breakthrough is the only magnesium formula that delivers all seven different forms of magnesium. I didn't know there were seven forms, one of them being feeling more calm, centered, and in control of our stress. If you're trying to balance life demands, give it a try. Trust me. Your mind and your body will thank you for it. What you can do is visit magbreakthrough.com slash selfwork and order now. Oh, in addition to the discount you get by using promo code selfwork10, so that's different, selfwork10, they're also amazing gifts with purchase. That's why I love shopping at Buy Optimizers. Again, go to magbreakthrough.com slash selfwork to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. And now, on to my conversation with Jen. Jen, I got your message from your publicity person, and I knew I wanted to talk with you because I have a history of anorexia and have found it to be something that really I don't ever quite heal from my the thinking behind it the behaviors have changed a lot but the thinking behind it doesn't really change and I, yeah. I i laugh somewhat um poignantly 
uh, about it. And so I, I can't, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about you. I want to talk to you about orthorexia. I want to talk to you about Zempic. I have so many things I want to talk to you about. (laughs) So hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, So I came to all this wellness stuff through my own saga. I feel like the word journey really doesn't do it justice. No. (laughs) You know, so my parents worked for themselves uh, Mm -hmm. growing up. And I realized, you know, I, I had this like giant revelation moment. It was 2005. Okay. I was working full time. We were planning our family's annual vacation in December. And I had to go into the computer system to request the time off. And it hit me like an anvil that I was requesting permission for access to my own time. Right. Right. And I was like, I'm sure a lot of people are nodding going, I know exactly how that feels. Right. And I was just like, okay, I get that I got to do this now, but like, this will not be my life forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was looking for something to do in my spare time with the intention of just like taking that money and investing it or something. Mm-hmm. And then I also had my own saga of trying to manage my weight. And I learned about the TLS curriculum and worked with a coach, completely changed my life. And I was like, okay, this is my thing. Like everybody deserves this information. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, wonderful. And so the two things sort of came together. So in that, um, I built my business on the side for 12 years. <laughs> Over just a short almost twelve journey. years, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that whole, you know, that's a whole other conversation of ups and downs and self work. You know? Yes, and then yes. so I left my full time job July of twenty nineteen. Launched the scared? podcast in August frightened? of that year. Were you no frightened? no no? Because first of all, this was twelve years in the making. This was more of a finally than a. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I had set myself up financially to not have the fear, to have sort of that security. And also, I felt like I was also just making the choices for now. Oh. For now, I'm just going to focus on my business. You know, right? that reminds I'll, me I'll, so much. That reminds me so much of something I say to folks all the time is that. Sometimes it's it's not it's not making the right choice that you need to worry about. It's that you go in a direction, not which direction you go. It's that you go. Yeah, you just got to go. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it, the biggest thing that I remind myself, even now, is that nothing is permanent. I make a choice if it's not what I thought it was going to be, or I'm not enjoying that path, or whatever it is. Right, mm-hmm. choose again. Mm-hmm. Choose again. At any moment, I could call the headhunters that I used to work with and say, what you got? Right? Like, there are always options if we choose to look at them. Right. And so when I left my job, it was like, I- I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to start this podcast and see what happens. And I could decide to go back to this other work and, at any I, point in time. I want to make sure people realize there's a huge distinction between this other work, which was you were worked with a yes, hedge fund. Yes, I was fund. in hedge funds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and being yes, I was, a health coach. Yeah. I mean, it's like daylight yeah. and dark. Uh, you know, I was a professional singer yes. and now I'm a psychologist. And so they kind of go, you did what? <laughs> 
Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to business school. I, you know, it. what I did in hedge funds had really nothing to do with the portfolio, but it was very intense environment, 24-7 on call. Um, you know, the room for error was negative, <laughs> you wow. know? And, and so in such a demanding place, mm-hmm. it created, I mean, I lived in stress and anxiety. How did that affect your eating? So it's interesting because I had certainly ups and downs, Mm -hmm. but I was a health coach all through it. So I understood intellectually what was happening, even in moments of going, I'm going to eat this Hershey kiss, right? It's like, I knew, well, it's because I didn't sleep well last night. It's, you know, the stress of what's happening. It was an intellectual decision or awareness as much as it was an emotional choice. I see. Okay. And um, I was able to do both things and it was sort of different hats, right? In different moments. But the piece of it was that I also ate out three meals a day for over a decade. Exactly. Which now in working with clients, it's like, you can do this. We just look Mm -hmm. at a menu in a different way. Mm -hmm. You said that in one of the podcasts I listened to, and I I did kind of pause because I thought, I know she's in New York City, so that probably means that she eats out (laughs) a lot. But at the same time, she usually literally said, there's nothing in my fridge. And I was like, well, how? How does she manage uh-huh. that? How is that? How is that part of this healthy eating that you're talking about, or a healthy yeah, relationship? So, sure. So there are certainly um, concessions that we make when mm-hmm. we are not making the food. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily going to be able to control the kind of oil that they're using, right, on my food. So there's there's certainly a give and a take. When we're not making it ourselves, mm-hmm. but there's a balance to that of saying, I'm still human and I'm living in this world and I'm going to do what I can do, right? And choosing where we sort of have that vice grip, because I think a lot of people feel like that vice grip is what's required and it's not. Mm. That sense of control mm-hmm. or fear of losing control mm-hmm is as much a part of the problem as a Twinkie. So glad to hear that you hear you say that because I, we all know, well, maybe we don't, we all don't know, but anorexia is not about food. It's about self-esteem and control. And so, so can you, if you had a group of people in front of you and you were saying, this is the first step you take toward, toward making your relationship. I think you you use the word transition a lot that you're Mm -hmm. making transition with your food. What, what would you tell them are the first two or three steps? Sounds like, yeah, well, so letting go of control is one of them. Well, it's about where we're exerting that control and what control looks like, because I think we're not going to go from a vice grip to nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about recognizing what is in my control and what's not in my control Mm-hmm. And where are those give and take? So in going to a restaurant, this isn't necessarily, you, you know, your step one, two, three, but in going to a restaurant, okay. right? When I go to a restaurant or I'm ordering food to be delivered, I have a mindset of am I ordering food because I just have nothing in my fridge, right? And this is more of an at-home meal replacement, right? Or <laughs> is this connection and a birthday or a celebration? Okay. 
right? And so if it's an at-home meal replacement, I'm looking for something that's as close to something I would make for myself. Mm -hmm. Am I getting a veggie omelet from the diner? Am I getting a giant salad from the diner? Am I going to the Chinese place and getting a steamed platter Mm -hmm. with the sauce that I like on the side and just having a little bit of it? Mm -hmm. Am I getting, you know, a baked potato and veggies and grilled chicken or something, right? Like what might look like something I would make for myself? Exactly. Which is a different kind of order than we're celebrating something and it's a social occasion, And maybe I'm having a little bit of something that's more indulgent than other things, right? So So, so you're saying the celebratory nature of of sharing food with other people, of the social aspect of of eating, the connection, the Mm -hmm. warmth and the comfort food. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you're choosing something that's going to give you some comfort and that's okay. You know, the name of your podcast is Salad with a a Side of Fries. And I just, you know, I've heard other people tell you they love the name and it is very, very catching. Um, But I, I think that that is such an important important aspect to it is seeing that dichotomy of sometimes, you know, I have a, a a patient who does have some pretty severe anorexia right now. And she's, she worked with a nutritionist who talked about mechanical eating, that sometimes you're just eating because you want certain nutrition, you want certain, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily for comfort or for a sense of self-esteem. It's just, and and it's, I'd never heard that term before. Have you heard that term, mechanical eating? Um, kind, Not necessarily in that way, mm-hmm. but sometimes our body actually needs fuel. Yeah. Sometimes we're eating for fuel And sometimes we're eating for other reasons. Mm -hmm. And part of, I mean, you mentioned orthorexia before. Part of Mm -hmm. my own challenge with wellness as a culture that's sort of evolved is that I think it's given a bad name to any time we eat for a reason other than fuel. Oh, Great. Can you talk more about that? And for orthorexia, people who don't know what that is, it's a preoccupation with food and how you're eating and what you're eating. It often causes a lot of extreme distress if you can't get the food, you know, the way you like it. it it's you have good food and bad food. It's a it's not an official diagnosis of the DSM, but it's it's it is a real and steady danger in our society. Yeah, it's um. I like to think of it too, for a lot of people, it's, it's the healthful eating to an extreme. Mm-hmm. It's the, it often in practice looks like if it's not going to be textbook, I'm choosing nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for an example, I was on vacation with my family. We were at Disney or Universal Studios this day. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of long lines. Oh, right. Yeah. And it, I mean, And even with the fast pass and the this and the that, right? It was still (laughs) a lot of long lines, okay? So we, there were five of us and, or six of us, whatever. It was a long, bunch of long lines and everybody was hungry. Everybody (laughs) was a little hangry. Yeah, hangry. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So I, we had one backpack, And I had thrown a bar in the backpack. My sister had thrown some other healthful or more healthful choices in the backpack. And I said to my brother-in-law when he was going to go put the backpack in a locker so we could do the ride, whatever. So we were all getting in line. 
he was going to put the backpack in a locker. And I said, can you just, you know, dig into the backpack and grab me one of the bars, right? Whether it's mine or my sister's, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just grab me one of the bars. He came back and he was like, the only thing I could easily find is this cookie. (laughs) So this is that moment, right? Where we go, am I going to be a raging jerk? Mm -hmm. And not be able to enjoy this ride and have a headache and, you know, not enjoy this time with my nephew, or am I going to eat a piece of the cookie? Right, right. Right? So is the cookie something I would normally choose on an empty stomach when I'm super hot? Right? No. No. Mm -hmm. But I could eat a couple bites of the cookie and not be a jerk and then go get some real food in a few minutes, you know, after the ride, after the line in the ride. So are you an advocate for yeah. any particular diet or nutritional plan or anything like that? What what do you... So I encourage people to choose foods. Most of what I recommend or work with people is about the glycemic index and balancing blood sugar. Mm-hmm. What we see is that whether we are burning fat or storing fat is a function of blood sugar. Mm. And whether we are burning fat or storing fat is metabolic health. And so everything that I do is from the lens of health, metabolic health, and therefore, by extension, keeping our blood sugar balanced. Okay. For Um, people who don't know what metabolic health is, can you define that for us? Yeah. So metabolic health, in the easiest way of understanding it, is that our body burns fuel. Mm Mm-hmm. Our body doesn't automatically store everything we get and we are able to adapt and, you know, to different situations, right? That if our body is burning fat as fuel or burning carbohydrates as fuel, that it is adept at doing both. Um, And essentially what the research shows us is that whether or not we have metabolic health, that our metabolism functions properly and well influences whole health, our immune system, our cardiovascular system, you know, everything. And so it's really sort of this underlying root cause of Mm -hmm. most symptoms, illness, and disease. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in that, we're looking at eating for nutrition, looking at what fuel keeps our blood sugar balanced, what fuel gives our body the building blocks for neurotransmitters, for mood, for, right, all of these things. What I was very impressed by, I went and listened to your very first episode first. Okay. And you say, how did she Yikes. get started? <laughs> <laughs> and so I listened to number two, too. And um, uh-huh. and another thing I love about uh, your podcast is that you just pull in people that you know that are your friends and y'all yeah. just sit around the table and chat. It's a lot of fun. But um, your podcasts are full of really, you make science, you make biology very easy to understand. I think your second podcast was on alcoholism. And yeah, oh, it's very noticeable, very noticeable. And you talked about how liver will, the liver will metabolize or or actually will treat the toxicity of alcohol Mm -hmm. before it does anything else. That alcohol Mm -hmm. goes to the front of the line, sort of. Yeah. And the liver is busy doing that. So no wonder you gain weight because it's not being, you know, treated by the liver. And so I I had never heard anybody explain it that way. And I just kind of hip hopped around 
your your podcast and listen to different things. And that's one of the things I was very impressed. I would self-work listeners. I really, Jen makes these ideas very palatable and understandable. Well, thank you. And I say that and I have that approach because that's what shifted everything for me. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember times whether we are overeating or undereating. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the same stuff. Right. And I remember I was working in a hedge fund and the kitchen on Mondays would have the um, con- like a continental breakfast. Right. The mini croissants and mini muffins and all the things like the pastries and a thing of fruit. And on Fridays, it would be free pizza and salad for lunch. (laughs) And every Monday morning, I'd walk in with the best of intentions, right? I'd go into the kitchen, (laughs) get some water, and there are the pastries calling my name, right? right? And I'd, I'd sit there and go, why can't you just not think about the pastry, right? Like, why does this food have a voice? And inevitably, at some point, Monday morning, right, I'd break down and I'd have that many croissants. And then I'd go, why do you suck? Why can't you just not eat it? Yeah, right. Exactly. And we laugh because we know like we've been. Oh, right, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Exactly what you're talking about. And the pieces that I learned that shifted everything for me is about what the body does with food. And how the body functions. And what that did is it shifted all of these food decisions Mm -hmm. from being emotional to being intellectual. Okay. Oh, I get why the croissant is appealing to me right now because I haven't eaten yet. My low blood sugar is saying, is sending signals that say, give me fuel as quickly as possible. Well, fast fuel. It's like a high glycemic. Yes. It's like gives the the croissant a microphone. Exactly. Because the croissant is going to break down quickly into sugar, Mm -hmm. which is going to give my brain the fuel that it's looking for. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to sit there and go, oh, I get why that croissant has a voice right now. What I really need to do is go eat the food that I brought for breakfast. Let me start there and then see how I feel about the croissant. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't why do I suck? Yes, yes, and and it's bringing your your decision making ability into into your emotional awareness or yeah. your emotional regulation. It's helping you regulate your emotions by making sure you keep your brain involved. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so it shifted all these food decisions. So now there was, like you said, it was a different level of awareness and a different way of choosing. It was not don't eat the croissant, which as a phrase has other issues, which we could talk about, right? It was (laughs) eat this first and then see about the croissant. Mm -hmm. I ate my other things first and then I was like, you know what? I don't really want it. I'm okay. Right, right. Right? So it, it shifted all of these pieces that then allowed me to have a different level of awareness and a different structure for making choices. Mm hmm And then my awareness of the relationship with food shifted too, right? And then I could say by um, looking at patterns, right? I always say to people, like, I want you to track, not because I'm the food police, because your food is you. Like, I don't don't really care. 
right? It's about what patterns can we see? Mm-hmm. Oh, every time I don't sleep well, I want the croissant. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, now, instead of having a battle of will at six o'clock in the morning, what if we start looking at a nighttime routine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And say, how can I help make sure that I get enough sleep and enough quality sleep so that the morning is just easier? Right, right. And so we can sort of take some steps back. Sorry, we just take some steps back and reassess and look at some of the things that show up often. And then going to what you, you were saying before about a shift and a process mm-hmm. is also understanding we're not going to go from zero to a million in 0.4 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's often the mindset that has set us up and gotten us to where we are. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a multi-step process to get from zero to 100. Mm -hmm. And each one of those are valid and worthy and exceptional and deserve our time and attention and celebration when we make those smaller shifts. I see. So how do you think, let's throw the age determinant in here. Okay. What changes for you between someone in their 20s and 30s and then 40s and 50s? I have friends. I'm in my 60s, which everyone knows <laughs> here on self work. And, um, you know, so many of my and myself included, it's like, oh, my gosh, the rules that I had at 50 don't work at 60 anymore. Or the rules, that's a strong word. The the kinds of structure that I used in mm-hmm. my 50s it just doesn't seem to work in my 60s. So, Yeah. So a piece of it is recognizing genetics aren't our destiny. And that's a whole other conversation, right? But mm-hmm. there's there's an idea of what we call epigenetics and right. nutrigenomics. So epigenetics, think of it as like everything you bathe your genes in, which is our lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Our sleep, our stress, our fuel, nutrition, all of those things, our activity, all of that create the bath around our genetics. Hmm. Interesting. And essentially that bath can turn up and turn down the volume on different genes. So we might be genetically predisposed to craving sugar. Mm -hmm. Through my lifestyle choices, I have sleep and energy, right? Sleep and exercise and stress management and all these pieces that help that gene not commandeer everything in my life. Right. So a piece Mm -hmm. of it, I think, is recognizing there's a lot more in our control than we've been led to believe. Hmm. I think we've been taught that, well, you hit a certain age and just just call it. Right. (laughs) 40 isn't what it used to look like. Mm -hmm. 70 isn't what it used to look like. Mm-hmm. So we want to shift that, right? Instead of saying, oh, well, this is just what comes with age. I think it's not. And it's, you know, we can all sort of shift that conversation. And part of that is saying, how can I pay attention to what my body is telling me? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not working. Well, what's not working? What are you noticing? Because our body is communicating us. We've followed the rules for so long that we have shut down our ability to know what our body is telling us because we've ignored it for so long, right? Right. So, by example, there are hormones that tell us when we're hungry and when we're satisfied. Mm -hmm. 
the same way that we can become insulin resistant, we know that to be diabetes, mm-hmm. right? Where our body isn't properly responding to the presence of insulin. We can have the same thing with the hormones that tell us when we're hungry or when we're satisfied. Mm-hmm. So it's much more chemical in a lot of ways than it is willpower, <laughs> like many oh, yeah. of us feel there's like that, it is. There's that word. Right. And then it's about learning that communication, right? So what's not working the same way it used to? What do I notice? When Mm -hmm. do I feel my best? Mm -hmm. Generally, as we age, we need, especially for women, we need a greater focus on protein and a greater focus on building muscle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a greater focus on stress and sleep. Mm -hmm. It's like my trainer told me when I turned 60, she said, you realize that unless you come in every day and work out for a lot longer than you work out, your work is about maintaining muscle. It's about... Because yeah. you've got to work so hard to actually gain muscle the older you get. So you can do it. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. But I don't have that kind of and time to spend at the gym. So I'm fine well, with maintaining. Maintaining is fine. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the other side of this equation is deciding, okay, what am I willing to do? Mm-hmm. And aligning the goals, the objectives with what we're actually willing to do versus what we would ideally want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're not willing to start the day with protein, if we're not willing to do the resistance training enough to build muscle, let alone maintain, mm-hmm. right, then we either have to shift what we're willing to do or shift the outcome we're looking for. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. isn't a right or wrong. It's just bringing those things back into a common sense. You're talking a lot of common sense. Yeah, but we lose that. Mm hmm. Right. We lose that. I say to everybody, right, even in the glycemic index, which is a number rating given to foods based on how they'll impact your blood sugar. So, like I said, a lot of what I talk about is about balancing blood sugar. Yes, we could get into the nitty gritty details of saying technically honeydew is a better choice than cantaloupe or pineapple. But if what we're doing is shifting between, you know, pineapple and an apple we're in a really good spot yeah right like like we're in a good place instead of snickers versus a mars (laughs) exactly and meanwhile too like carrots are technically higher glycemic than peanut m&ms now there's a piece of glycemic load which is about the quantity of the food that needs to be taken into account but that's why i say people don't lose your common sense like you know Mm -hmm. that a carrot is a better choice than a peanut m&m Right, But in all of the rules, and I think another piece of what often happens with age is that we've just followed more, more plans, more different sets of rules, and we're sometimes more confused, <laughs> right? So, yes. So what I want, before we run out of time, I really would love for you yeah. to talk about the Ozempic um issues and the, and the other drugs that are being used now yeah, that are d- diagnosed. I mean, they're used for diabetes and now people have figured out, Oh, I can lose 12 to 15 pounds. And I'm sorry, yes. that's what I'm going to introduce into my system. I saw your Instagram on this and I know that it was, it's not <laughs> your favorite to say the least. Yeah, So I did a um, nutrition nugget on my podcast about this back in October mm-hmm. of 2022. And I think I was a little early because people were like, what are you even talking about? And then by early 2023, everybody was talking about it. And Mm -hmm. so then I took to Instagram and I was like, you know, sounding the alarms here. So Mm -hmm. it is, as you said, 
it's a medication for diabetes that has two, the side there effect. There are two or three of them. There are two or three of yes, them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, there's Wegovy, Ozempic, and another one. I can't Lozana think of Mozana or Muzan, something like that. Yeah. Um, they function in a way that has the side effect of weight loss. Mm-hmm. Inherent to diabetes is a management of blood sugar. And the way some of these work is on your A1C levels, right? So your average blood sugar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also they work in the stomach. Mm -hmm. Long story short, the side effect is weight loss, which can also help somebody who is having challenge with diabetes. Right. If we are taking this when we don't have an issue with A1C. Mm -hmm. It could potentially drop too low. Right. And when that happens, it essentially increases what they call in the research, all-cause mortality. Oof. Right. It is a greater chance of death of anything. Wow. We are, I have chills as I'm about to say this, my hands are in this, like, we are back to killing ourselves to be thin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it has to stop. It is not health. Thinness is not health either. Right. Thickness is not lack of health. Right. When in the work that I do and in what I work with people on is also removing body fat, not just losing weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Typical diets. When we dramatically cut calories, which is essentially what's happening with a lot of these meds. Mm-hmm cut out whole food groups or things like that. The number on the scale goes down. But what we're losing is water, muscle, mm-hmm. and sometimes bone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is not improving health. Mm-hmm. It is making the number on the scale go down. Mm-hmm. If what we're losing is muscle, well, muscle is metabolically active. So now when we go back to old eating habits, we have less muscle on our body to be burning that extra fuel. Mm-hmm. We're going to gain the weight back as fat. By body composition, we could end up at the same number on the scale, but we are fatter at that same number. Right. So with a lot of these meds, in what I've seen, and that's not to say there isn't something I haven't seen in the, you know, from what I've seen, they are not measuring body composition. They are not looking at six, eight, 10, 12 months down the road. That's Where are we? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm right? They're not looking at health. They are measuring the number on the scale. The number on the scale. Mm -hmm. For diabetics, when it, you know, it was approved for diabetes, they were looking at A1C. I would argue there are other metrics to be looking at also, but that's a different conversation, right? Some of these meds have now gone back to try to get approval for use for weight loss. Mm -hmm. I think it goes into then the same category as a lot of other things out there of saying we could have a Band-Aid. We got a lot of Band-Aids out there. Yep. But if we aren't resolving the other issues, we're not creating health. Yeah. And I just I implore everybody to remember. Yeah. I just, I just want to remind everybody, like, not to be cynical, because I think there's a lot that medicine and Western medicine and pharmaceuticals can do. But we have to remember that the goal of the drug companies is not health. Mm-hmm. They don't make their money when we are helpful. Well, the people that I have known so far that are trying it are people who are really not overweight. They have some weight on them that they 
they are right. struggling. They are preoccupied with it. It's a self-esteem issue. It's a, all that kind of thing. And then I also have a, I'll have to have you back to talk about gastro, uh, gastric bypass surgery. Because, bypass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another one of my, I, obviously for health reasons, some people can do it, but it's also mental health is never really discussed with these patients and it changes their and entire it- lives. And it, it's also hard. So they're required to work with a dietitian or a nutritionist both before and after surgery. Right. But what they're focused on before is really about helping you lose weight so that they're, it's easier for the physicians when they go to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. Right. And then afterwards, it's just helping you understand how much food you can actually have at a time. But what we see with gastric bypass patients or lap band or anything is tremendous absorption issues. Mm -hmm. So we need to have an even greater commitment to food choices, which Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily part of the conversation. Mm-mm-mm. This is just fascinating. Um, you know, I, again, your podcast is salad with a side of fries. Um, some of them are very short. They're, they're two and three and four minutes. Some of them are a little longer. Um, I just thoroughly enjoyed listening to them. Uh, how else can self-work listeners get in touch with you or read your material or take a class with you or whatever? Absolutely. So my website is a salad with a side of fries. All dot com. All social media, I am at Jen Trepek, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is out there, whether you like social media or message through the website or whatever, send me a message. Like, I want to hear what resonated with you. What was new? What What do you disagree with? Like, let's have mm-hmm. a conversation. Mm-hmm. What do you want to learn more about? Nothing makes me happier than hearing from you. So please, please reach out. I as you mentioned, the podcast comes out every week. Um, I publish articles on Medium every week. So all that stuff you'll see in my social media too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. thank you very, very much for being here. I resonate so well with you, not only based on my own personal journey with, with uh, food and nutrition, but it's just I, I, I think it is so much more than losing weight. And uh, it's really developing a different relationship with your thinking and your body and your health and your mental health and all that kind of thing. So um, anyway, I really appreciate you being here and uh, I, and I'm looking forward to talking with you in May again. Yes, <laughs> so, I know. So I appreciate you having me. Yes, I just I appreciate everything you're doing and this conversation. I feel like we barely scratched the surface and we'll continue it on salad with a side of fries. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. I hope you learned a lot from Jen. I know I certainly did. I like the way she talks about food. She's scientific enough to know exactly what we should understand, but she puts it in language that people like me can understand. And again, her podcast is Salad with a Side of Fries, and I'll have the link to it in the show notes. Thanks again for being here at Self Work. You might want to go check out the new website. We're still tweaking it a little bit, but I'm very proud of it at drmargaretrutherford.com. So go look around yourself. I'm hoping you'll be as pleased as I am. Thanks again for being here. Please take care of yourself, your family, and your community. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.